0: So, the Houting Health Department recently revealed that more than 23,000 girls and teenagers were impregnated between April 2020 and March 2021. Uh, from these, 934 babies were delivered by girls between the age, ages of 10 and 14. We now speak to Dr. Shahida Omar. She's director of the Teddy Bear Ed- Ed- Ed Foundation. Good afternoon to you, Doctor.
1: Good afternoon to you and all the listeners out there. Thank you.
0: Good looking on TV. Good looking on TV. We were checking you out.
1: <laughs> Thank you very
0: much. <laughs> okay. So on a serious note, um, what are the reasons behind the spike? Do we know?
1: So I think we need to actually look at this from a systemic perspective. Yes. Meaning that there are multi-dimensional factors, influences that are contributing to these shocking statistics. And even as we speak, the statistics are not an accurate reflection of the current situation because these are cases that are reported and there are cases that are not reported. So we need to factor that into this uh, discussion. So the reason we, we need to understand is that We firstly need to appreciate that a child cannot give consent regardless of them acting willingly or participating in the sexual intimacy or sexual act. The age of legal consent is 16 years, but if we look at the child's development, Intellectually, so the cognitive development, the emotional, the psychological development, are they of sound mind? Do they have all the information? Do they have the necessary agency and autonomy? Do they have access to all the resources that would enable them and allow them to make a positive, informed decision? And the answer to that question is definitely not. Many of these children. Gravitating to these situations, uh, you know, because of peer pressure. And, and we've actually titled uh, a piece that we've written that children are stressed and pressed to give content. So the social peer pressure, well, you know, to be young and be part of this group, to get recognition, to score brownies. So with your young girls uh, having an older partner. A 13-year-old uh, old having an 18-year-old boyfriend or a 20-year-old boyfriend is something that is, you know, a, 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 a feather in her cap where she feels that she's been sought after, selected, preferential treatment being provided or given to her. So that's one of the factors that would uh, gravitate children to engage in sexual intimacy. But I think we also need to look at the acquisition of things, the acquiring of things. If we look at media, if we look at adverts, it's always propagating the sale and the acquisition of care cosmetics, clothes, uh. cell phones, the fancy cars, so it's the five seeds And children, girls, are attracted to that. Who cannot be attracted to that? And, of course, there's a misunderstanding, a misinterpretation. So one thing, those things... So. Okay, so if I want that I'm going to be seen as something, uh, as somebody successful, recognised, uh, you know, and then of course, this recognition comes with you know, a price to pay. So in exchange for sexual favors, receiving those kind of benefits. So I'm I'm trying to bring in different facets of what would contribute to teenage pregnancies because children as are not going into this relationship. The 10-year-old is not going in for sexual gratification. There are other factors that contribute to it, and we also need to factor in the the unintended uh, consequence of sexual coercion, sexual intimidation, where a third of girls are actually victims of uh, unwanted pregnancies, teenage pregnancies, because of sexual coercion. And that is something we cannot dismiss, disregard or discount, that many girls fall prey to that as well. And then, of course, uh, there is the influence of alcohol. We've had cases at our clinic where during end of term or during school holidays, children do not have any constructive outlets or recreational facilities coming from underprivileged communities, marginalized communities impoverished context. So uh, they experiment, and and of course, alcohol just inhibits behavior, and the uh, outcome, the resulting behavior is something that they had not intended or planned for. So I think that's another risk factor that we need to also look at. And we also need to be aware of the fact that uh, a lot of explosive media, sexually explicit images which exaggerates sex. I always refer to that as sex exaggeration, where the message that is conveyed to a child or they must do it or you cannot miss out on this. This is a must have. So children go on to experiment. Once again, not fully informed of the consequences of their behavior, the long-term impact, the long-term implications, the trajectory, in their lives how it would impact on them a child giving birth to a baby a child being deprived and robbed of their childhood the deprivations that they would have to undergo as a result of that but also the deprivation of this new born coming into this world so so doctor if suffer. I may come
0: in there uh, doctor mm. Um we're talking about some of the kids who are between the ages of 10 and 14 do we know who were they fooling around with? Were they fooling around with people their age? Or were they fooling around with people who are older than them?
1: So that's a very important question. I think the data that is provided, there isn't disaggregated data. But we cannot just, again, I will speak to our clinical experiences where we are working with learners who have been sexually engaging with other learners. Mm. Their are age mates slightly older. But they've also been victimized by older people, mm. uh, sometimes supporting staff at school, educators, people outside of the school context, sometimes people that they know, uh, you know, within their context or environment. So, you know, it's not only within the school environment where these learners have been impregnated.
0: So what does the law say about two minors who get each other pregnant?
1: So, again, I think we need to be very clear on that. We need to look at the Children's Act and we need to look at the Child Justice Act. Mm. So the Child Justice Act speaks specifically to children who come into conflict with the law and children who are engaging with, uh, or if there's there's two children, say there's a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, and they're engaged in sexual intercourse. They would both then have to undergo intervention therapy. Previously, the legislation required that they would, you know, that it's a criminal act. Now it's been decriminalised, but the expectation is then to provide interventions in terms of psychosocial support and, of course, uh, enabling them to understand the, the consequences of their behaviour, and, and it's all about teaching positive sexuality. So and analyzing values and attitudes and looking at uh, exploring options of how to manage their behavior because often there's impulse control issues and that needs to be addressed and worked through. I think the important thing for us to do to work on is that children do not have sufficient information They lack that agency or autonomy or deeper understanding and insight into the behaviors they find themselves sometimes, um, you know, engaging in, which sometimes they feel they have no control over. And the outcome is, of course, disastrous and catastrophic in terms of their, you know, lifelong um, movement and
0: trajectory. Dr. Shahida Omar, Director of the Teddy Bear Foundation, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Five Minutes to Four, Radio 2000.